We are going through the Gospel of John, and we're in a series called Follow. Um, I like to think of the Gospel of John as the disciples' handbook. Um, and you guys know, those of you guys who have been with me since junior high know that one of the things we've always talked about is Christians, being a Christian, it's not about just being someone who goes to church and follows the rules. It's actually about being a disciple. It's not about following the rules, it's about following the master. It's about, is Jesus the one who I base my whole life around? And the Gospel of John is great because we get to look at Jesus, but we also get to look at his disciples and how they lived and what they did. And um, so that's what we're looking at. So get ready, because we're going to learn some things from Jesus' disciples. Um, Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, so often... It's so easy for us to want to hold on to the sinful aspects of ourselves. It's so easy for us not to want to change. But I pray, God, even in this moment, that we would open up our hearts, that we'd crack open the doors of our hearts to whatever you want to do in this moment. God, I completely surrender myself to you, whatever you want to say, um, if there's something that's not in my notes, or just whatever you have, God, to speak to us, Lord. We're open to your spirit. We don't want to hear from any man with a microphone. We want to hear from you and your word. So I pray, God, that you'd speak right now. In your name, amen. So the name of the study is Allow Jesus to Change You. This is actually part two of last week's study. Uh, we were trying to get through it. I overprepared, and um, so we had to split the message in two. So we're just picking it up right where we left off. If you guys don't remember what happened, um, John chapter one starts with John the Baptist. He's out in the wilderness. He's this guy with long hair, and he's wearing camel skins, and he's eating locust and honey. He's amazing, and he's out there preaching the gospel, and then Jesus shows up, and it's like, whoa, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and John the Baptist um, baptizes Jesus, and Jesus starts his mission to save the world. Um, Then Jesus goes, and he starts recruiting. He starts getting disciples and people to follow him, and this is where we really start to notice, what are Jesus' disciples like? Um, I think it's It's interesting that Jesus, um, you know, he's obviously in heaven, sees the world being destroyed by sin. He thinks, I'm going to save the world. He comes down to earth, and who does he grab? Does he grab the pastors or the priests or the holy people? No, he just grabs a bunch of regular Joe Schmoes, like guys who are sinners, guys who are messed up, guys like John the Baptist, guys like Peter, guys like James, guys like Andrew, just normal fishermen, sinner. Like, it's a great testimony for us. So we're looking at some of those early guys. But before that, um, just a simple illustration. Um, girls, I don't, I don't know if you guys have this problem. Brooklyn would be able to tell me. In fact, I'll ask her after the service. But for guys, especially junior high guys, I remember when you guys were cute, little junior high guys. Now you're, now you're all pretty ugly. You know, just <laughs> you're old. You're old like me. You know, you're growing facial hair, and you know, I don't look at you anymore and go like, oh, look at that little guy. He's so adorable. I, I'm like, oh, he's he's a dude. <laughs> all right, but uh, when you guys were little and adorable, and you were, even you, David. David, you were such a cute little kid, up until like fifth grade, and then it all started going downhill. Um, I know, man, it doesn't, it really doesn't. Um, But at junior high camp, I remember distinctly, like me and Scotty and the other guys, counselors, we're in the dorms, and all of a sudden that smell comes in. It's like, who is that? There's always that one kid who does not wanna take a shower. 
Like in junior high camp, it's the kid who just will not get in the water, will not put on any soap. It's just like, I'm at camp. My mom's not here to make me wash up, so I don't want to. So it just, there's always that one kid. I don't know if that's how it is in the girls' dorm, but there's always at least one kid who refuses to get in the water. And I remember one year there was this boy who all the counselors grabbed him and just threw him into the shower and just turned it on and his clothes on and everything. They were throwing shampoo at him. Like, you've got to wash up. Um, because the reality is when you spend time bathing, right, in the shower or bath, if you still take baths, weirdo. Um, <laughs> but when you spend time in the water bathing, when you spend any time in the shower, something changes. You start getting clean. Um, it would be strange if you like got in the shower and you started getting like dirtier. Like you come out and you're like covered in mud. One time I was in Russia and um, the hotel we were staying on this mission trip, literally you turned on the water and like mud came out. Like, like chunks of mud were like hitting you while you're trying to shower. But normal American showers aren't like that. You're showering and you are getting cleaner, even without the use of soap. Just by the, the prospect of being under hot water hitting you, you're being cleaned. Well, the reality is when we spend any time with Jesus, we change. When we spend any real, genuine time with Jesus, it changes us and affects us. Let's look at verse 40. It says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. Verse 41. The first thing Andrew did, the first thing Andrew did after hearing about Jesus and meeting Jesus was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we found the Messiah, that is the Christ. Basically, for a Jew to hear those words, we found the Messiah, it had a heavy meaning. It meant, this is the one we've been waiting for. This is the one who's going to free us. This is the guy who comes from the line of David, who's going to be our king. We don't have a king right now because we're under Roman rule. So this is the guy who will deliver us. It's this heavy word. So everyone's getting excited. And Andrew's running around saying, we found him. We found the deliverer. We found the Messiah. So verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus took one look at him and said, you're Simon, son of John, but you're going to be called Cephas which is translated Peter. What happened right there is um, Andrew brings his brother Peter to Jesus, and Jesus just takes one look at him and goes, oh, yeah, so your name's Simon? Oh, well, it's Rocky now. <laughs> your name is now Rocky, or basically Peter. Peter translates to just rock. He takes one look at this big buff fisherman and just goes, I'm going to call you Rock. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, it's like, like, like maybe you're not the smartest guy, and Jesus meets you, and he's like, uh, you, you look like tree stump. Yeah, I'm gonna call you Stumpy. Like that's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, the first thing Andrew does is he tells Peter about Jesus and brings him to Jesus. This is a key place that I want to stop. Jesus, just 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 spending uh, the small amount of time with Jesus makes Andrew instantly this evangelist. Like instantly spending a short amount of time with the Messiah makes Andrew excited to tell people about. Jesus. It reminds me of um, our friend Lauren, you know, um, not Krippner, but um, Gomez, who was a part of this group in junior high for years, you know, kind of off and on, came to church, never really took it that seriously. She totally, you know, she admits that. Um, I've asked her, you know, can I share this? And she says, yes, absolutely. Um, so she come to camps, but never really truly followed Jesus. And then um, 
randomly came to high school camp this year and just got on fire for the Lord. And for the first time, really, her eyes were open to who Jesus was. And I remember um, like a week after camp, we went out street witnessing and she went with us. And there was um, this, these group of surfers who were around and um, I looked at them and I was like, oh, maybe we should talk to them. But then they got in their car and they started driving away. And I was like, oh, well, we missed our opportunity. Lauren like ran up to the car and like almost dived through the window going like, hey, you need to know about Jesus. Um, being with Jesus had changed her, and that is what happens. Our lives change when we're with Jesus. And my question I want to ask you is, is Jesus life-changing for you? Um, you, Christian kid, kid like me who grew up in the church, is Jesus at all changing for you? Like, does he at all impact your life? Um, I think a good litmus test of, you know, if you ask yourself the question, am I actually following Jesus? is the question, is Jesus actually making any change in my life? Or am I just going about my own life and Jesus is kind of piggybacking along with me? Because that's answering the question of who are you following? If you're following Jesus, your life is constantly going to be changing. You're constantly going to be introduced to ways you can grow, ways that you can repent, ways that you can just become who God has made you to be, and you're going to be changing. You're going to be repenting of sin. You're going to be realizing, man, I stink in this area. I need to grow. Lord, help me. But when we are focused on our own life and our own mission and our own purpose, we don't really grow and change a lot. We kind of just want things to stay the same. Um, and when we sin, instead of bringing it to Jesus and changing, we kind of brush it under the rug because we don't want to think about that right now because I'm too busy focusing on what I want to focus on. I want to just throw that out for you to think about who are you following today? Jesus sees Peter and he renames him. Jesus causes immediate change in someone's life. When you follow Jesus, you're going to experience immediate change. When you meet Jesus, there is going to be change. He changes his name. Like, that's intense. I like my name. If someone came to me and they're like, hey, your name's Rock, I'd be like, um... I think not. Like, go away. Oh, you're weird. Stop trying to change my name. But Jesus meets Peter and immediately sees potential in him and goes, you know what? This is your new name. And Peter was open to it. Peter was like, all right, I'll go with it. Are you open to change? I know for my dad, he wasn't when he first married my mom. Um, they moved into the apartment my dad was staying in. And there was this giant Michael Jordan poster on the wall, just this huge picture of Michael Jordan, like slam dunking from the 90s. By the way, uh, I used to like sports. You may not know that about me, but I used to be a huge sports fan. Michael Jordan was my hero, but when he quit, I quit. I haven't cared about sports since like 1991, okay? Literally, literally have not cared about one sports game aside from ones that you guys played in. That's like the only time, but I've, I, have I have never watched an entire sports game on TV through. Actually, I have not, I've literally not watched more than like five minutes of a sports game on TV since the 90s. So thank you, Michael Jordan, for ruining my hopes and dreams. Because um, I, I, I wanted to be like Mike. I believed I could fly. I believed I could touch the sky. I dreamed about it every night and day. Space Jam? Anyway, okay. Watch Space Jam. It's a classic. But my dad was not willing to get rid of that poster. Like, my mom moved in, and he was just like, but it's Michael Jordan. And my mom's like, but I'm your wife. Like, can we please put up, like, a real picture of, like, some art? My dad was like, but it's Michael Jordan. And honestly, sometimes that's how we can be in our life. God moves in, 
he comes in her life, he wants to make changes. He's like, hey, 